0: I can't wait to not do any of the work. Essie, you say. Oh, come on.
1: <laughs> You're Take like, "Can do
0: those in my sleep."
1: I'm like, I'm not even Spanish. Essie. <laughs> Essie. <Essay? laughs>
0: Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. <laughs> Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Right. Right. And here are your hosts. Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti.
1: All right. Hey, welcome. We're live as best we can. We should be getting better at this at this point. So I hope that's the case. Uh, I did get a your mouse battery is low. So we'll see how that goes over the next little (laughs) while.
0: (laughs) You know what? The last five episodes have been like kind of like 2020. Uh, you know
1: that's a very, very accurate depiction of how this has gone yeah. to date, um, <laughs> or hasn't gone really. It's, it's, I'm, I'm happy we have a Facebook test group. That was great. I shout out to Angela for pointing that out, saying you might not yeah. want to have all of your uh, bloopers and uh, test <laughs> episodes being out live onto the Facebook group. Not that mo- that there's many people who aren't our family and friends on there at this point from uh, the Facebook. Uh, uh, audience, but uh, yeah. still, if there's three of them and, and they're watching and they're like, these guys are Yahoos and have no clue what's going on, then uh, maybe they'll change the channel.
0: Hey, like I said, we've taken two steps forward, a half a step back, three steps forward, a half a step back, but you and know, being nice with
1: the May- half a step back.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. No, no it's it, legit. It's fair. It's only been a, a hitch here and there. I mean, I couldn't control the fact that my power went out the last time we tried this. So little things like that that were out of our control, but we're slowly getting there. You know, I think, I think on my end, things have solidified in terms of the uh, consistency with the internet and the lack of uh, choppiness and echo and some of the stuff we were dealing with a couple weeks ago. So you know that's two steps forward, and the one step back was, uh, you know, my power going out last week. But what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, your power going out, my uh, my GoPro battery shutting down every fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was last week's episode, folks. We didn't we didn't publish it. We didn't even air it on our uh, on our audio page. We we just said, you know what? Forget it. It's a little bit of a hot mess. Was a comical folly of errors the GoPro and Brock, Brock's face just getting angrier and angrier as, as time went on. It was just awesome.
1: Well, we were supposed to have a guest last time, too. And with uh, as we're trying to set up uh, getting Chris's video on, uh, Pierre was really choppy. And then he's like, oh, I have no power. The power went out in my neighborhood. So <laughs> that's the reason for that. So we, uh, we will reschedule that interview at a later date. And honestly, I think, uh, again, not to discuss a whole bunch of what our plans are, but I think the smarter move when we're doing interviews like that is to do it and record it, not do it live, save it, and we'll play it. Uh, when we do the live thing. I think it's the safest yeah. bet. Um, just some of the guests, especially as we start going and, and these guests are, their time is very valuable and we appreciate them taking the time to speak with us. I don't want to be sure. dicking around with technology and saying, oh, it's not streaming properly or it's choppy or whatever. Um, so and in essence, in the effort to avoid that kind of stuff, we'll, uh, we'll likely do a uh, record the interviews uh, ahead of time, yeah. unless we're in person somewhere, which would be great.
0: But, Anyway, and, that being said, yeah, we'll, we'll have Chris Hoffley back on. He, I mean, we were going to ask him of the situation with the CFL, but since then, the CFL has announced that they're canceling. We're going to get to that towards the end of our show today. But uh, Brock, we want to start off. Unless you've got any other housekeeping and we got to do, I'm not sure if we have anything else you want housekeeping wise. Uh, any shout outs? Any birthdays? Any?
1: Well, I'll give shout outs to Homes <laughs> for Wildlife. Yes. Uh, you know, again, we didn't air last episode, but um, I had a raccoon in my attic that, uh, you know, made its way in and we could hear it. I remember being, I was in Jackson's room. I can hear something behind his light when I was putting him to bed and um, panicked. Not panicked, but I was like, "Ah!" Oh, you used to get that cringy feeling. And uh, I said, Andrew, I said, come listen to this. She listened and she said, I don't think it sounds like anything really in the walls or maybe in the attic, but maybe on our roof. So I went to the front of the house. You know, again, it's dusk. It's 8 o'clock, 830. Um, And uh, I walk almost to the street just so I could see the top of my roof. And as I do that, I see this little raccoon head over the edge looking right at me. And then Mm -hmm. I go into full, like, panic mode. I don't even know what to do from a raccoon standpoint. How do you... What do you, what do you do? So I turn into Kramer at the horse races, yipping, yip, yip. And I'm like slapping the the, the, the panels of my house. I'm trying to like make noise and and whatever and scare it off. But meanwhile, I scare it like under the roof and it goes, I guess it, it buried its way through the soffits to get into the attic. But I'm getting a hose out because I'm like, maybe it's there. And before it starts to get in the attic, I'm going to have a hose. I'm going to hose it out there and scare it away. And so I turn the water full in my garage. I go get the hose, but there's no end on it. So it's spewing water in my garage. And then I grab the nozzle. I'm out in the front yard, and I'm trying to put the nozzle on a hose that's full blast. And if you've ever tried to do that, all it does is spray all over you. And so now I'm getting... Matter and matter, and then I look, and my wife is at the door looking out at me, dying laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wishing she's like, I wish I had my phone. Anyway, so and now that fires me up. I'm like, shut the water off for a second. So she shuts it off. I put the nozzle on. Now I'm back out. The kids are out there. I'm trying to spray this thing down. It doesn't go anywhere. I don't see it anywhere. I tape the GoPro, this GoPro, uh, on you know three roof rack uh, uh, poles and try and. Hold it up there to see if there's a raccoon. I have Savina with the phone with the live stream. She's like, I don't see it anywhere. And it wasn't until later when I got in and I looked at the footage, I saw the big hole that it made. So I just reached out. I I need somebody who can get a raccoon out of my attic. Any references? And uh, <laughs> Emma Young is a kid that I coached uh, or coach uh, continually through CFI. And uh, his mom commented on the uh, on the page saying, Oh, my first cousin does it. Uh, contact Jeff Drost. And I'm like Jeff Drost. I'm like,
0: who sounds familiar? Yeah, that name yeah, sounds very familiar. He went to filming with me. We've been yeah. we
1: went to high school together twenty five years ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, anyway, so small world. It hit Jeff up, and he's been over uh, uh, quite often over the last few weeks, putting traps up, and then he fixed the house and he put the holes through and stuff. But um, I mean, the guy. I've learned more about wildlife from Jeff for the last few weeks than I have ever. And uh, he took care of the problem. He got rid of the raccoon in a humane way and took it away. Um, And uh, way cheaper than any of the pest control things, uh, companies, and he he does it the right way. So um, if you have anything to do with pests, rodents, uh, mice, he's a bat specialist. He's one of three people in Canada that's licensed and certified to handle and transport bats. So if it's a bat thing, he's the only guy you call. We have Um, his logo. Yeah, we have Maybe his we have logo, logo here. In. I thought uh, I was doing a, uh, I don't know, uh, like a slideshow thing, but I don't know. Uh, it's Homes for Wildlife? Homes for Wildlife is Very his... Good. uh There's, oh, I don't know if you can see that. Uh, that's the raccoon that uh, we took out of... Uh, hey, little
0: buddy. <laughs> it was actually
1: pretty cute. Uh, yeah. I was kind of reaching for him. like you know. I guess they're pretty smart animals. Um, yeah. So I was reaching for him for help, but... He, oh. you know. <laughs> of course, the raccoon was caught the only night that I wasn't at home. I was up at the cottage with the boys and I got the text message from Angela Kid saying, like, it's caught. We caught the raccoon. It's screaming like crazy. And nobody got an ounce of sleep that night except for me, who was at the cottage. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so uh, anyway, that's my shout out. If you got anything, right on. that's there. Look them up on Facebook. That's my plug. But that's also my story.
0: Right on. Love it. All right. Excellent. So, uh, hey, okay. To sports,
1: we're. Right. Uh, I was watching the Blue Jays today. Speaking of wildlife, did you uh, see them? A walk off at the bottom their, of the seventh. I've
0: watched. Yeah, I've watched their last. Uh, their, well, they've won four games in a row. I think I've, I've watched uh, pretty much every game so far this year, and uh, for the most part, every inning. And if I haven't seen every inning, I've watched the. Uh, the sports Jays Net in thirty. 30. Thirty and thirty. How how smart? How brilliant is that? Was that invention? It's right.
1: Uh, I mean, they're doing it to more games now, but it's yeah, it's the best, especially yeah. when it's baseball, when it's whatever. If you can't catch a game, in the next morning you can yeah. spend half an hour with your coffee watching all the pertinent plays within that game. Wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely Jay's wonderful. Jay's thirty
0: and thirty. It's uh, it's a, Jay's a in thirty. So game. let's
1: not confuse it with ESPN's thirty for thirty, which itself is uh. Very well done for all oh. of their documentaries. The 30 for 30s, usually only available in the States. Uh, some of the States Netflix. But the Jason 30 that's on Sportsnet is phenomenal.
0: And just to confuse people uh, even more, the <laughs> ESPN 30 for 30 are usually an hour. <laughs> so it's... Uh, yeah, but it's, it's
1: not confusing. 30 minutes. It's not whatever. It's 30 directors. It was supposed to be 30 directors, 30 stories, 30 directors.
0: Right. Right. Not 30 minutes. But it sounds not like it's... <laughs> Yeah. from the if you're if you're the casual sports fan in here, oh, ESPN yeah, thirty and thirty for, for well, thirty,
1: for uh... thirty and <laughs> thirty.
0: All right, we're back to playoffs. We we're talking NHL playoffs, Brock. Uh,
1: yeah. Again, we have a lot of stuff to cover, but nothing yeah. major. Uh, did you hear? So we'll just stick with baseball for a, a quick second. Yeah, did you yeah, hear of the the Phillies? Uh, color commentator, I guess, or the the. the The guy who calls the games, Tom Brenneman, I think. The Reds. Did I say Phillies? Yeah, I meant Reds, which is great because their owner had some issues with stuff too, right? Uh, But uh, he was let go because of a derogatory term that he used in between a double header that he didn't even know he was uh, on the air. I don't know if you heard that. I have the clip. Hopefully we can hear it. See if you can hear
0: this. Is it the clip? Okay, let's see here.
1: Are you able to hear that?
0: I, I did not hear that. I can see it, though. And I did hear the clip, by the way. You did hear the clip? I, I have heard the clip, and I, okay. I didn't hear you play it, but I have heard it. And I also heard his uh, his apology while he, the, the fourth inning was happening. He was apologizing, and he uh, he basically deferred the rest of the game to his colleague. Uh, but it was wild because the guy hit a home run while he was apologizing, and he ca- he, he called the home run. And he's like, "I'm really sorry for what I just said." Do you have that clip? Uh,
1: no, I don't have that clip.
0: Okay, so I'll paraphrase the apology. He's he's apologizing. He's like, "I'm I made a terrible error. Bottom of my heart, I'm really sorry." And uh, Billy's just gone deep for his sixth home run of the year. And uh, <laughs> anyway, people can vouch for me and my character. I'm a religious man, and I'm uh, Reds are up four zero. And uh, it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest apology I've ever seen. And he's toast. And look, that clip that you played that everybody just heard, and I've, I've already heard, thankfully. Um, it's a joke. You, you can't say that even though you think that you're not on air. You can't even take that chance. Like you you and I Brock, we don't we don't talk like that necessarily, but we 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 we've we're vulgar when we're by ourselves we're you know, just hanging out and saying whatever we got to say with cuz we're we've known each other for 30 years. But we're even very careful to Oh, we're not vulgar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're are you pointing to me? Is that yeah, what I was doing? trying to point to you, this guy I'm here. <laughs> But uh, we're even very careful, just to make sure that we're we're not recording. Uh, We're careful what we say. And we're basically amateurs. This guy is a 30-year pro. He called the uh, World Series last year. So, like, you got to use your head.
1: Uh, We're very much amateur, let's be honest. Uh, Yeah, but but we're not Tom Bresnahan. Is it Bresnahan? Brennahan? Bresnahan. Not going to matter. You don't have a job anymore anyway. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, anyway, hopefully... And I'll have to watch the, the clip, but hopefully everybody can hear that. Apparently, the, the volume was there. We can't hear it for some reason, so that's something else I'm going to have to figure out. But um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I don't even know what town he was referring to
0: or Yeah, what city. he didn't specify what town. It can be his hometown. It couldn't have been the Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of second chances on a case-by-case basis. Like, I don't he – he didn't kill anybody but he did sort of pool a group of people together and insult an entire city. I don't see how he gets another job with Fox doing what he does, but, you know, it was a fairly sincere apology. I'm sure he regretted it the instant he said it. Is he a is he a homophobe? I, I don't know. This is the first example of... To be honest, like,
1: it's... You know, uh, yeah, it so depends on... a homophobic statement. It's a homophobic statement for sure. It's also... Uh, in whatever it's a term that you know 10 years ago 15 years ago was used pretty liberally in terms of you know what i mean like uh, in sports context sports locker rooms sports uh um you know razzing they would use that term often for a variety of things that had nothing to do with your sexuality um right or wrong at the time again it's just things have changed quite a bit and in 2020 um uh, you know you can well there's a lot of things that people are doing but from a uh a sensitivity standpoint and using language in different terms and what pe- offends people and whatnot um you know it's a it's a very sensitive time right now and um Again, I don't want that to come off like uh, it, everybody's too sensitive for this. It's just we're finally having people stand up and saying, look, yeah, it's been part of our culture and sports stuff for a while. It's not right. So we need to stop saying those things. And uh, I think, you know, that's just where we're at.
0: And, I, you know, it's one of those it's a situation where I have family who are who are gay. Uh, I hear that word all the time. I. I careful with how I react to it because everybody has their own...
1: You don't hear it all the time in your family setting. So uh, just to clarify that, it's not that... No, no, no. No, no. no. I'm just making sure it's like, that's clear.
0: No, when like amongst friends, you know, we got a lot of guy pals. Just generally speaking, the the term is used and I I'm careful how I react. Uh, You know, um, I don't I'm not going to be Mr. Righteous. Hey, I got family who are like that. I don't I just, I'm not necessarily comfortable with that word, but I'm very, I put on a, I I maintain a pretty decent appearance for the sake of peace, but it's not my favorite word, and uh, you know, uh, Mr. Bresnahan's going to pay for it, uh, just how hard, we we will see. But uh, the fact that Fox let him go immediately is a pretty strong statement to his future with the, uh, with the broad, that broadcasting company. So we'll see. And that's Fox we're talking about here. Imagine if it was NBC or CBS, he'd be he'd be crucified. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah.
1: Anyway, we don't condone, uh, condone it. We don't support it. We obviously, you know, I think the actions that they've been taking are, are right. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, he went that way. But uh, yep. again, if, uh, is Marv Albert back after biting somebody and something else? You know, maybe <laughs> down the road, he gets another again, job it's or a, whatever. You know, it's second it, chances.
0: It's it's a second, it's second chance I think, based on the situation and the case and the history of the individual. and There's a million factors. You can't just say, oh, I believe in second chances, freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. No, you take every case specifically and you analyze it and then you determine whether someone deserves a second chance or not. That's how I feel about it. Um, so, and the steps they're doing afterwards to
1: for retribution or for um, fixing the situation. Anyway, yeah,
0: maybe this is a chance for him to learn. He's, you, you, can, you don't have to stop learning just because you reach a certain age. Maybe this is a chance for him to realize... Uh oh, you know, like I can't say this on air, and this is my job i got to be professional, and not everybody jives with my with my way of communicating and anyway,
1: all right, well, enough of uh that that you get to
0: the good stuff here, yeah,
1: well, I was gonna say the c f l is not having a season that's not good stuff, but uh, <laughs> Very whatever we can go into that a little bit later or maybe another episode, actually look into maybe long-term effects of this, what they're predicting. Obviously, the news came from the CFL of canceling their season, came on the heels of the government turning down or rejecting their request for a $30 million, for lack of a better term, bailout or... um, Yeah, bailout, I guess, is what it would be, but...
0: What I want to know is when did they request this this money? Was it during a time when they were dishing out curb like candy, uh, they, or was it was it recent? Because the the government has already announced that they are slowly scaling away from curb. It's going to be done. Um, like I think by the end of September, I think that's it for that's it for your two thousand uh, dollars. They're going to trans they're going to start transitioning people to regular unemployment insurance. Uh, I don't know how that's going to look. So if you're asking for this money within the last month when the government is already transitioning to, you know, no more lending, basically, you know, where where does that leave the CFL? So I am so disappointed. I'm disappointed on a million levels. I'm disappointed that they didn't get the money. I'm disappointed that the season is canceled because, you know, if if these other four major leagues can, can run playoffs and run full seasons with 32, 34, 33 teams, whatever they have, and the CFL can't run a, a modified season with nine team league the problem uh,
1: is the problem is just, the tv the tv contracts for the CFL are not yeah. enough to sustain the league so they would have to be having games with no fans and all that kind of stuff and the NFL tv rights are huge the NHL ones you know they they've signed those big NBC CBC type deals or whatever um yeah. you know even major league baseball i'm sure is in that same boat but the CFL's TV deals are not substantial enough to 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 keep the league afloat. So for them, the the only option was to not play. So I don't know if the thirty million was the difference between that saying, you know what, like here we have our TV deal, and then um, you know thirty million on top of that, we can stay afloat this year or run a, a condensed schedule. Uh, yeah. Could have been, but who knows. Anyway, I, I don't know. There there might have been some ways of doing it where it's, you know, uh, uh, would a pay-per-view style thing actually work. If it says, you know what, like the Red Blacks are playing, they're playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, it's uh, five bucks to watch the game or whatever. And you say, you know what, none of the games are televised, but you pay the five bucks. Actually, no, nobody would watch it. Uh, not nobody, but they would not make enough money for that. I think that's a little tough to, to do, but... I think from a network standpoint, if the CFL had gone back to them and said, you know what, our current contract is this, but I think there's an extra 30,000 or say twenty to 30,000 fans that would be at the game that cannot attend that game that will then be watching it on television, uh, at least does that, you know, can we work something out where, you know, you're going to be getting more money as a TV network if, if they're turning in? I don't know. Anyway, ultimately, I'm not, I'm disappointed,
0: but. You're not surprised.
1: I I'm not you've, surprised.
0: You've been feeling this for a few weeks, and I thought they were going to be yeah. able to make something happen from a short term perspective. So, what you're, think, what you're saying is that really has nothing to do with scheduling and organizing. You think that would have been the easy part. The, the hard part would have been money, financially making it viable without losing your shirt, basically.
1: Yeah, and again, I'm not in their books and so you think, but the CFL from a professional league standpoint, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, I don't know, you, you compare it to the NFL and the CFL is just not on that level whatsoever. And so no. you got to kind of take your bumps and bruises and say, you know what, for the betterment or for the, the borders aren't even open yet. So we talked about that, like how many players from the States are already down there that would be that are key CFL players. That aren't in, the, in Canada right now. They'd have to quarantine. You'd have to figure all that kind of stuff out. So I just think there's a lot of stuff stacked up against the CFL this year. And yep. in the effort of, uh, you know, I think longevity is probably better for the CFL to take the year off, I'm hoping, well, than we'll to lose see. I mean, a ton of money.
0: There, there's some things that are, you know, there's bills to pay. And I, the two cities that I follow the most are Ottawa because I, you know, I'm, I, I attend a lot of their games and Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan just built that beautiful new dome that that, that they need to pay off. And they were banking, uh, you know, part of their short-term plan to pay off this building was banking on hosting the Great Cup this year. And now they're not going to host it this year, obviously, and they're not scheduled to host it next year. I believe 2022 they're going to give the Great Cup back to Saskatchewan since they missed it this year. But, I mean, by that time, who knows what kind of damage is done. The the financial loss, I don't know the exact number, but it, it's crippling, and it would normally fold a league. The CFL has a history. I think the owners and mm-hmm. uh, everybody involved want to keep the league alive. So I for that, I think in from that perspective, the league will will survive this. But if it was like look what happened to the XFL, I mean they they folded like a cheap tent. He called for he filed for bankruptcy and folded the league within what a month of COVID. So that's what happens. And they had fan, a lot of fans. I mean, it wasn't drawing full houses, but he, they were getting about as many as he did att- uh, that would attend a CFL game. So, you know, it just goes to show what kind of uh, damage this, this whole COVID business has done to, to sports in general. Uh, you're going to see salary caps next year in every league go, go down. Uh, it's going to be wild. I, you know, I, I understand the TV deals generate a lot of money, but salary caps are going to go down.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, they'd already talked the XFL of having an opportunity to fill primetime sporting slots with networks with the absence of college football or the majority of college football. So that'll be interesting to see how The Rock does that. Maybe, Maybe The Rock ponies up 30 mil and takes over the league. He goes his story from, hey, I was at the Stampeders. I got cut from the Stampeders with $7 in my pocket and not...
0: Fifteen years later, I own the league. Now that's yeah. a story. I, look, I, I this I love The Rock. I love everything about The Rock. I love what he represents. Uh, you know, he's I don't necessarily love his movies, but I don't hate him. He's a pretty decent actor. As a wrestler, he was a really good entertainer and really really funny on the microphone. And uh, for the most part, he hasn't made an ass of himself in in the general public. He's uh he's a well respected guy. And that's why he's the highest paid. Actor or whatever, or male entertainer this last year, $87 He He legitimizes the XFL, if that makes any sense. If a league called the XFL could be legitimate, he's the one that could do it. So I think he needs to change the XFL to something else and not call it the XFL. I think he needs to rebrand it. And I think he needs to rebrand the teams to to, uh, align with their cities. You know, have some history in the name and the color scheme and the whatever, like XFL just dished out a bunch of starter jerseys and said, here, you're going to be called the Stallions and the, this and the, like no attachment to the city whatsoever. Have some creativity. Um, there's an opportunity there. There is an opportunity. American fans are just football thirsty and I, I, j- I just don't see it surviving. I just don't see. say well, that's just me. I just don't see any league competing against the NFL surviving. And you're, you, you are—I don't whether you like it or not—college football isn't pro, but you're competing against college football too. And there's no way you're going to survive. You do like the arena football; you get a niche where it's a small field, and you might attract a kind of a like a renegade uh, uh, exports, sports—you uh, know, those guys that like like just crazy over the top, different rules. You'll get that kind of crowd. But if you're the XFL and you're just tweaking your game just enough to be different. no one's going to buy it, no one cares you got college football uh, uh, 200 years of history, you got the NFL who's cornered the market on on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, what chance do you have, whether it's spring, fall, whatever you have no chance, so I'm curious to see what The Rock does, if he goes completely different, or if he just sort of takes what was already developed and tries to move it along, and I I don't think that's a recipe for success
1: Well, we'll see like I said, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be that day Yep. All right, moving on to the NHL. So we okay. are in, uh, whatever, the heat of the playoffs. We've already got the Lightning have moved on. We've got the Bruins have moved on. The yep. Avalanche have moved on. And we have two Canadian Avalanche teams. Avalanche
0: kicked their
1: ass. Yeah, you know what? I actually didn't know that uh, Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall were both on Arizona, but that makes sense sense and actually Phil, he played pretty well but Arizona just got destroyed and it was Rick Tockett that said when you're in this bubble, I don't have the exact quote, but he's like when you're in the bubble it's, it's clear who wants to be there, it's, it's all about who wants to be there and who doesn't and he's like and last night we didn't want to be here, like we're in a team that didn't want to be here so he's like we'll let's see what happens tonight and they lost 7-1 so they had, had their bags packed, that flight was warmed up and they were out of there they had no, yeah. they had no interest in being there and Colorado
0: looked really good and Kadri's playing out of his mind. And he's not turning the puck over, and he's not committing silly penalties like he was in Toronto. I mean, I think Toronto, I think you guys really screwed this up with a young guy who just needed to be reined in. That sounds familiar.
1: Uh, They do that a lot. The Leafs (laughs) do that a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do with the market. You know, especially Canadian kids. You grow up, Leafs montreal that kind of stuff it's a hot hot market there's a lot of uh history there there's a lot of pressure there there's a lot of uh heartbreak there you know and kids going into those those situations with any sort of expectations on them is it's amplified beyond and i think it's just a very tough market to be in uh for those guys but Kadri was a good player and is a good player, and he's thriving in a market that is not Toronto.
0: I didn't hate that deal when I first heard it. It was Kerfoot, Alex Kerfoot, and Tyson Berry, and I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad deal for Toronto, a, d- a defenseman who they desperately needed and still need, and uh, and a and a third line f- winger that's basically that was, that's what Kadri was was relegated to playing with. Ba- Maybe Babcock was the issue with Kadri, but I thought Kadri had showed amazing skill. He, he was always super talented and he's just he just couldn't channel his his aggression in the right way like he would take stupid penalties but we're seeing him in Colorado flourish and uh that's that's my that's my cup winning team that's if they keep playing the way they're playing i mean i don't i don't see anybody right. beating them in the west i mean Dallas right now and Calgary are in a dogfight i think Calgary's on the brink tonight yep
1: they're playing um, tonight that's uh yeah Calgary's down 3-2 yeah um, you know, the Canucks went up 2-0 on the Blues. And they, uh, you know, the Blues well, fought back 2-2. Two two, right? But that game last night, I think, was the bit of the turning point. I think Vancouver will get through this series because of that. Down 3-1 to come
0: back and win it. Um, it was huge. Huh. So we're looking at the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado, Dallas or Calgary, and Vancouver. I mean, hey, if, if I'm Vancouver, I'm like, oh, Okay. I just knocked out the defending Stanley Cup champs. Uh, Calgary was going to be a tough out for them. Hey, Edmonton's out. This is a a potential. This is like the 93 Canadians where uh, they've ended up playing all the second or third seed guys, you know? (laughs) Hey, hey, what can you do? This is their opportunity.
1: 93. 93 gets me Gretzky every time. That high stick on ha, ha. Doug Gilmore, and he got oh, away with it, and listen. then he scored. No- oh, come on.
0: I wanted nothing more than Toronto-Montreal in the same. final. How cool would that have been?
1: In our region, above among everything else, there ah. was no senators at the time. They were not here. You were legit no a, a Toronto fan or a Montreal fan. Oftentimes, it was language barriers <laughs> that determined which one you went for, but it was... Those two teams and Otto was a hotbed for that. And a Stanley Cup final between
0: the two of them would have been epic. Yeah.
1: Ah, Gretzky the, uh, just yanked that sucker away. Oh, it's just
0: brutal. The, uh, the teams that are <clears> still <throat> remaining on the East here, or I, I don't even know, how do they differ? Eastern Conference, Western Conference, they still do that in NHL? Are we still yes. Eastern and Western? Yeah. Well, so Montreal, I don't know if Montreal has what it takes to certainly now with Brennan Gallagher being out for the rest of the playoffs not only just read the rest of the series, but if they happen to move on, he's up for the rest of the playoffs. He broke his jaw.
1: I saw that um, hit. You didn't see that hit. They no. slow moed it. It was on Twitter. They slow moed it, and it's it's a nasty hit to the jaw. But, yeah. you know, the guy was already going to be hitting, like, you know, mid-waist level. Gallagher kind of turns back and stuff, too. So, uh, yeah. you know, everybody's like, oh, he better get suspended for it. Maybe he does because of the way it ended up, like, the, the results. But, I mean – that's a bang-bang play, and Gallagher's turning back around as opposed to taking it in his ribs kind of thing, which would have been yeah. a normal hockey play. So I didn't think it was that bad. It didn't even look too bad. But, yeah, he's got the broken jaw. So um, they say he's out for the playoffs. He's a tough little guy. He finished the game. So I don't know. Anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him back. I mean, I don't like him, but he's a tough little kid for sure. It's just a just another Sorry, opportunity Brandon, for someone to step up.
0: It's a, just another opportunity for someone to come back, step up, and uh, and a young guy come in and uh, and see what they can do because that's really what this playoffs are all about for Montreal. It's about seeing what they've got. You know, they're not. No one expected them to beat Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh. No one really expected them to make it this far. Uh, if you asked us three months ago where we thought Montreal was going to be, definitely not the second round. They're down three two. Can they win the next two games without Gallagher and the way they've been playing? I don't know, but. We're seeing Suzuki come into his zone. I'm seeing uh, a, a young John LeClaire with uh, uh, this Jesperi Kutkaniemi kid. Big, strong, really strong down down near the crease. Uh, good hands. Uh, LeClaire's coming out party was that 93 playoffs. This We're seeing a very similar player in Kutkaniemi, and I'm really John happy Leclerc... He's a great playoff.
1: Yeah, John LeClaire is way easier to say.
0: <laughs> but I don't want to have to. I mean, I'm just going to call him Yesbury from here on in, if uh, that's okay with you guys. But uh, I mean, again, Suzuki's getting praise from everybody. Kerry uh, Price is playing really well. Kerry Price is redeeming himself for the last four years of mediocre play. And I'm, I know I can, I'm going to ruffle some feathers by saying that, but he has not played well the last four years. And what we're seeing now is a focused Kerry Price doing his best to push his team to the next round. Are they going to win? I don't think so. I don't think they can win the next two, but there's a lot of, the, for once, for the first time in a long time, there's a lot of hope in Montreal for the next year, the next two years with Cole Caulfield in the minors, uh, ready to come up, and he's a goal scorer, and uh, yeah. um, Romanov, I think, is the kid who they're, they're looking forward to having on the blue line, so anyway.
1: It'll be good. I'm glad some- you guys have something to uh, look forward to, but uh, Carter Hart, uh, other than, I mean, last game there's a couple of weak ones, but This kid lets in five, gets pulled in game two, gets shelled. And you think, he's 21. Is he a little rattled now? You know, like he he was having such a good playoff. Is he going to be rattled? Is he done? Then he comes back and he goes, shut out, shut out. Yeah. Ridiculous. He looks like Carey Price. That's his idol, right? Like, that's what he modeled his game around and whatever. And, like, he is – he's so – his demeanor is so calm. Yeah. Uh, and his movements are so relaxed, too, for the most part. Yeah. I, it's it's impressive. And he wears 79. League. I love 79. Uh, you know, it was my old Colgate number. So I have a, Uh, uh An affinity, affinity to card. that kind of number. And the fact it stands out as a goalie. Anyway, so, and yeah. again, he had a real good junior career and stuff, too. So I, uh, you know, whatever. I wouldn't be upset if Montreal had got through or would get through. But uh, I'm cheering for Philly, ultimately. Yeah. Plus, they got really sick uniforms. I like those. And Bobby Clark is so. done with them. He was the reason I really hated the Flyers back in the day. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Montreal, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, again, we talked. Boston's already moved on. Tampa's already moved on. Um, you know, the Islanders are up 3-1 on the Capitals. They played tonight at
0: 8, so they could close it out. Um that's a team that I, being down 3 0, I still have faith in Washington. That's a team that, of all the teams in the NHL to go down 3 0, they're the only one that I would say, you know what? That's a team could, that could roll off four easy. Veteran team, well coached, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah good leadership.
0: But, but Barry Trotz is the coach of the Islanders. I think there's the difference maker when it comes to this series, and he'll have his guys ready to play and, and put this game, put this uh, series away. Who'd have thought the Islanders? J.G. Pajo good for him. Happy for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah.
1: I really some of those guys. Again, good yeah. unis too. Um, very good unis. All right, so we're not going to go into too much other stuff, but I do want to ask you, stake in the hockey thing, uh, Eugene Melnick was asked about um, possibly trading the third and fifth overall picks to try and land the number one overall pick. And he said it would be uh, – what was the word? I wrote it down. Un, Unsmart? That's not even a word. It was something stupid <laughs> like that. Anyway, okay, uh, so they have put together sort of like a quick uh, list of people who were drafted first overall and what their third and fifth picks would have been. So for those who are on live, I'm not sure if our sound actually had gone through there because I forgot to add the roadcaster to this section. So I just want to make sure. This is the first overall pick. So I just went back to the, the first part. There's more to this list, obviously. But after, you know, 10, 15 years, you can really see where these players end up. And I don't see a lot in here where I would maybe 2006... Where I would take Jonathan Taves and Phil Kessel over Eric Johnson. But other than that, are you trading any of these first overall picks to take the third and fifth in these
0: drafts? Would you do it? I'd say if you gave me 10 drafts, nine of them, I'd say no, never. But in this one, I think you got to really roll the dice. And, and uh, Lafreniere could be a, a, a Crosby McDavid sort of hybrid. So, you know, guys like him don't come around all that often. So, so yeah, I would for in this particular draft year. Yes. Normally, I, I would not. And again, even this year, I, I it's not a sure shot. I wouldn't do it for sure. I mean, you're going to get good, good young talent. And this is the one of the deepest drafts in uh, on record. So, you know, getting three and five, it's not a bad option either. So, yeah. I mean, I would do it, but would three you? and five is also fine this year and this year only. It is it is the deepest draft in recent history. In fact, potentially in history. It's so deep. So Ottawa's going to get really good really quickly this year.
1: Uh, I think, to be honest, it's going to be – it's so easy to say that because of the fact that um, we haven't seen these guys yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if – Ten years down the road, I think it's a lot easier to say, "Oh yeah, we should take this guy. We shouldn't have traded him or whatever." But right now, you're like, "Oh well, it's I wouldn't do it now because we just it's so many unknowns, and it's realist and it's real. You, we don't know. But I think history has shown that if we could get a number one overall pick instead of the third and fifth, I say we do it, and I say we. It's- but I know damn well you don't care because you're a Canadians fan.
0: <laughs> Look, I, you know, I, I do want to see the Sens play well. I mean, I, I went to see three or four of their games this year, and, uh, and they lack talent. And it would have been nice to see some talent on the ice to go with Duclair and some of the guys that they have there. But, uh, you know, uh, you're not going to go wrong with three and five this year. Again, normally, uh, you know, if it was any other year, I'd say, well, three and five is going to be a little bit of a roll of the dice. Three, you're going to get a player that's been scouted. But, like, this year, three and five could be equivalent to a number one any other year just because of how deep it is. And the kid the kid from Ottawa, which uh, the, the 67s, his name slips my mind right now, but he's likely going to go to the Sens. Kid's a goal scorer. Kid plays hard. Local guy. I mean... you there's a lot to be there's a lot to be excited for in Ottawa. Oh yeah, is that and Cody Cece?
1: Because he really turned out great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great. I will say this: great family, the Cece family. By the way, okay, um, okay, he's a Leaf now. Whatever. Yes. Uh, but look, that uh, that look. My my thing with Cece is they they expected more from him than he than he could actually bring because he's a stay at home defenseman and and they wanted him to be the next Chris Phillips. Or you know? yeah, or Eric Carlson. I mean, he's not going to be. Chris Phillips was, was a, a mainstay on your blue line for how many years? 15 years? Long these guys time. Don't come, these guys don't come around every day. CC is what he is. is a stay-at-home defenseman, positionally sound. Um, he doesn't have a cannon. He's not offensively that gifted. But, like, he was a good, solid player. You work with the guy. And you don't put him on, uh, on a defensive pairing with some kid you just brought up from the minors to fill a hole because you're going to expose both the guys. So, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But –
1: Okay, real quick then, just yeah. to follow up on that. Do you think there's anything to say? So you talk about a local kid and keeping him here, all that kind of stuff. Do you find that more often than not, the local kid, there's too many distractions and pressure and expectations and stuff like that when you're playing in your hometown uh, versus you know them excelling, let's say, in a, in a different market where – they aren't familiar with everything around they don't have they're not surrounded by family and friends that are pulling them in different directions or asking them for stuff all the time Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you know maybe pulling their focus away from the game at all do you think there's something to be said about you know i know everybody loves oh he's a hometown guy and whatever they say that because they will draw fans that are already familiar with him but from an actual performance standpoint and a mental focus standpoint of that athlete, is it better to be in a different location?
0: Well, I'd say, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, the fact that he's played in, the kid I'm referring to, his name slips my mind right now, but he, he's, he led Ottawa in scoring the 67s. The fact that he played in Ottawa, he already has a feel for this, the, the big city, and, you know, playing right downtown, I mean, it's not the corel Centre, but it is a hustler, sort of a, a bustling uh, metropolis down there by Bank Street. So he's got a feel for the, a bigger crowd and uh, the, the the city of Ottawa. So for him to make the transition to the Sens, I think, would be a lot easier than if he's coming from, say, I don't know, Oshawa, Ontario. or sort. Marco Rossi? You got it. That's the kid. So he plays for Ottawa. I, I, yeah. Be a good pickup for Ottawa. And, you know, by uh, for from every uh, pre-draft uh, list that I saw, he's on Ottawa's radar at number three. So, kid can score, plays for the 67s. I mean, you know, it's, it seems like a good fit. So, we'll see. All right. Well,
1: whatever. We'll, uh, I think, well, whatever. It'll be 10 years before we know if you made the right call or not. Uh, I say trade him. <laughs> Based on historical results, I say okay. trade them, package them, get the number one, and, uh, you know, let's hope that he, he pays off like a Crosby, Ovechkin. I mean, there's only been two two-time CHL Player of the Year's, both from Mermuski. One was Sidney Crosby, and the other one was yeah. this guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, hey,
0: look, if- yeah, I'm trading these other two guys to get him. Yeah, if hey if Ottawa if Ottawa says hey, would you take my th- five and three for your one, and uh, and the Rangers say yeah, uh yeah, uh, yeah, I do it. Of course I do it. I mean heck, Montreal. There was a, a report before they made the bubble, before this whole bubble idea came through. There was a report in Montreal saying that if they don't get the number one pick, they're going to deal their first rounder in twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, a third rounder in twenty twenty three, and two roster guys. <laughs> for the number one pick so yeah clearly this guy is coveted i mean yeah yeah i'd do it for sure
1: nonsensical I'm saying that if you don't
0: do it you're going to be all right
1: nonsensical was what uh melnick used. nonsensical nonsensical <laughs> okay. sounds uh, about he's, right he's nonsensical he, he uh, yeah he's yeah. non-something all we right we should get
0: him on the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> imagine that I would imagine that actually, <laughs> phones would be off the blowing up the. Hook. Okay, we're we're uh, we're approaching the forty minute mark here. Yeah, so let's we wrap this sucker in, up. Uh, we we got a couple more topics here. I think what we'll eh. do is uh, just checking on this list. We'll we'll talk about Bowers cleats. Ah, uh, uh, skip wrap, that. Yeah, well, Bower so had gonna cleats about- he was
1: going to wear. They they said free Kelly, so uh, related to is, is it free Joe, Joe Kelly? Kelly? Free Joe <laughs> Kelly, yeah. He was going to wear those on the mound, but then the league said, and he tweeted it out and had a little video. These are my cleats, and it was, you know, they're well done. Uh, it had free, whatever. On the other side, had Kelly, and then it had a likeness of Kelly, like it, the actual picture on it. And uh, the league said, yeah, you'd be fine and all that kind of stuff. So he we didn't wear them, but whatever. The idea was there, and that's uh, one pitcher supporting another pitcher in terms of throwing at the Astros. Um,
0: yeah, I was amused by it. Yeah, so Trevor Bauer is a starting pitcher for the Reds, I believe. Yes. Yeah, starting pitcher for the Reds. He was with the Cleveland Indians. Controversial guy. He uh, he's known for yelling his pit, what he's going to throw to the batter. <laughs> you know this? Um, no, but somebody just did that the other
1: day. Might have uh, been him. He he's no. known
0: for he just yells his um, fastball and like he actually tells him he's about to throw it before his windup. Yeah, anyway. but do you?
1: Do you, it's like playing poker and he's like, yeah, I got aces. Got aces, got kings. Does he? Who knows? And he that's might crazy. 90% of the time, but 10% of the time he's going to hit you with a curveball. and, and yeah. So it just, it's a mind
0: screw, yeah. you know? And he's got good stuff. So if he tells you he's throwing a fastball and it ends up being a curveball, you're a, you're a mess. Your timing's all off and all. I'm not even sure if that's. And we talk about unwritten baseball rules. We're gonna have a whole episode on un- unwritten baseball rules. But anyway, Joe Kelly. By the way, uh, you, you got to read his quote in the paper. I, I I don't didn't memorize it, but I'll you know to paraphrase. He's just rips the Houston Astros. Like this was a recent quote from uh, the, during his he's suspended for, obviously for a few games for hitting uh, some of the Astros players. Yeah, but he went up. He he doubled down on his on his feelings. And if uh, we'll look up that quote and bring it on the next show, but. Hilarious. Yeah, let's do more uh, baseball next
1: time because I want to talk Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Rangers, oh, all that yes. kind of stuff too. Not today, Ger-
0: but. G- Gerald McCoy, we, we won't get into it too much, but you know the uh, Dallas Cowboys picked him up uh, in the offseason, a veteran defensive tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then he went over to Carolina for a year. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys picked him up. He was a, an all-pro for a couple of years, slowed down a little bit. He blew his quad, and then they cut him. It's one of the things I hate about the NFL. Really quickly in in ten in ten seconds or less, like what are your thoughts on that, Brock? Uh,
1: he signed a contract that had something like that in there. Like that's not typical. If you're injured, that's a total different story. Now he he is going to be part of the Cowboys organization for rehabbing and everything, and he's got a clear waivers. Thing, I think other teams can take him, but it, there was something in his contract, and so I don't want to discuss it too much because I haven't researched it. But there is there was something in there that is outside of the norm from NFL contracts and stuff. So I don't know if okay. he did that in terms of you know, making them feel at ease to sign them or to pay him that money or whatever. Um, but I'll, I'll have to look that up. But there was something in there that wasn't normal.
0: I mean, the whole thing initially smelled rotten, but, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, him to, for the Cowboys to keep him around and rehab him while he's, uh, you know, if he clears waivers, or whatever. I think that's it kind of makes up for the, the optics of, of that, you know, but um, the Bucks, you want to talk about the Bucs. They dropped game one to Orlando. That's a non-issue. They're going to destroy Orlando. I mean, Orlando had a big game from Nikola Vucevic, but I mean, really, T. Ross had 18 points and the rest are like the rest are just journeymen. Like DJ Augustine was starting. Uh, they don't even have Aaron Gordon, the guy that they're are arguably their best player. He's out for the series. He's out again tonight. I think Milwaukee comes back tonight and puts the thump into him and they'll win three or four straight. Uh, I, I don't see Orlando. That's just, it's a one-off. I mean, Toronto lost the, fr- you know. I mean, Hey, you know, crazy things have happened and they're well coached. He's a, a, a Clifford is a, a great coach, but you know, you know, they don't, they're not, they're not talented enough to, to hang with the, the bucks. So I think everybody needs to calm down. Uh, I will Lakers say this, and though. Lakers I will say this. The Lakers are in big trouble, and I called this a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know what? They, they started off strong in the bubble, and then they started to get exposed at that point guard position. They do not have a point guard, period. Alex Caruso is playing point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers, and he's playing. I think he played like 30 minutes last game. He has no business on the floor, certainly no business on the floor against Dame Lillard, Lillard is going to expose them. And if they don't figure out their point guard situation, the Lakers are in big trouble against a team who's been playing playoff basketball for the last three weeks, trying to get in the playoffs. That's the thing. So, and
1: Portland you know, has been in nail biters and games oh. they had the claw back. And, you know, Lillard's been the MVP as he was crowned, but you're in that mindset and it just rolls into the next series. And that's an advantage. And, we're going to see really quickly, can the Lakers and their experience come through and say, you know what, now, we got to turn it on. This is what we need to address. Let's do this. And if uh, Game 2 is going to be a very good indication, Charles Barkley's already called that if Portland won the first game, they'd sweep them.
0: Yeah. I, I, the, it's hard, he hard for me to go served. against Chuck. He, he's on to something because they need to figure it out what they need to do is get the ball to LeBron early in the shot clock and get the hell out of the way. And him and Anthony Davis have to play two man game. And if you look at, I'm not going to break down, analyze the how to succeed in the NBA, but if you look at the best teams and the best, uh, the, the championship teams over the course of the last uh, 10 years, they surround their best players with great shooters. That's the NBA now. Gone are the days of the Dwight Howards and the Shacks and the Duncan on everybody. Those days are gone. <clears throat> you need your big, your four and your five to shoot the three ball. So you surround your your best players, in this case LeBron James, with shooters. And in Cleveland, all he had were shooters. If the, if it wasn't him, it was Kyrie and Corver and all these guys. J.R. Smith. They don't have that in in L.A. And they better figure out something. They better figure out a new strategy on the fly. And I suggest they do. Pick and roll, get the ball to LeBron, pick and roll with AD, and everybody get the hell out of the way. And you throw on a, whatever shooters they do have, you put them on the perimeter, and Danny Green is just awful. Yeah, Look, I wish I had uh, uh,
1: Snoop's clip. Snoop had a, uh, a video to those guys about shooting, and there's a lot of. Um, F-bombs in it. He was not a happy camper. So we'll see how they come back. I mean, the Lakers, they have a lot of talent. They have the experience. They're the best player in the world. They have, uh, you know, leaderships. Let's just see what happens. But game two is going to be the indication for me. If they can pull game two and come back, I think, you know, the Lakers will eventually win the series, maybe in six, maybe in seven. But if Portland wins too, I think Barkley's on I think that's uh, that's going to be that.
0: Well, my last comment on the Lakers and I'll just say this. LeBron was so good last game. Like he was unreal.
1: He had a, it was almost a triple double in the first quarter or half or something.
0: He was making passes. I I mean, I've seen him play uh you know, uh, next all-world basketball, but this was like he was ready, focused, on top of his game play and defense and they were still getting lit up. So that's concerning. I mean, that is really concerning when your best player is playing out of his mind and you're still down 12, 15, and you're playing catch-up. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. All right. On
1: that note, we do have some stuff to watch. Uh, This just in because it is a live show. We had one of our fact-checkers, our contributors, if you will, uh, my brother – Curtis Fleming has texted me to indicate that the Jays were down 7-2 to in Game 2 and are now up 9-7. to So it is a game I would like to turn on and yeah. uh, watch the final of and see how that goes. So I'd like hey, to see them turning it around.
0: They were down 7-0. All right. Well, hey, yep. that's uh, Pep the one-upper. All right. It, so. is the, uh, it is the top bottom of the six. So the Jays are up two, and they're the home team. So they'll throw in whatever closer they're going to use tonight. And uh, oh, they're still—they're still—they got two on. They can just still rack up a couple of runs here. So, yeah, let's get that going. We'll let's talk. We're it. going to talk more Jays. You know what we'll do, Brock? The next episode, we'll talk. We'll get into into the Jays because right now they're—if the playoffs were to start today and they win this second of the second game of their doubleheader, which they won the first game—they'd be in the playoffs. So we'll talk about the Jays a little bit That's more in our next episode.
1: Because my, my prediction of what their, their record will be, I don't think looks too accurate right now. And they, they let a lot of things slide. They got some games that they, they let get away from them. But oh, ultimately, the defense whatever. defense we, we can dive into that. Maybe we'll get uh, uh, our resident baseball expert, Pignet on there, too. I know he's got his, his, his take on the Jays and stuff, too. All right, we're going to get okay. out of here. Uh, if anybody's looking for hats, let me know. I'm going to put an order in, uh, for a dozen hats. But if there's a particular style, size, whatever that you're looking for, make sure you reach out to me and I'll make sure that's in the order and we can figure that out uh prices vary depending on whatever clubhouse charges uh but we're gonna get a few out there and uh, we'll have a few giveaways and stuff too anyway uh, appreciate everybody tuning in and uh well i guess i didn't adjust my uh whatever we're gonna go back <laughs> to this screw the <laughs> celebration but we're going out to uh little junior mafia peace out everybody right,
0: Bill, is that done
1: Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Players, grab your, give you love hip hop, ladies. Rub your, give you love big pop. Uh, Got gotcha. you open off the words I say because. So now uh, now who smoke more? F- than a little bit.
0: What did you an idiot? Listen to the lyrics I spit like M1s. Got mad guns up in the cabin. Cause these ain't the ones for the dipping and damage. I make it happen. You got your a** uh, on your soul was fire. From the Honda passport, all the MP. Uh, what if you see? Then I miss you. I blow up spots like little sisters. Grind, grit your teeth. Grind, bite your nails. Took the cute, the cool, like Murray. My killers be the most beautiful. Junior uh, Mafia click thick like Luke dancers. Playing rapsy Honey, take a uh, glass, uh, at the little to uh, one. Pulling over in the land, uh, role uh, role Playing big woolly style with the chauffeur. You know what I mean? Stack the green, read all between the lines full act up make the maggot hot